Welcome to Beware of the Moon Podcast. My name is Hannah, and I've got a special guest here with me tonight. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Charlie Brown, 642. I have a Rumble gaming channel, and uh, Hannah and I have played some uh, Mario Party over there, so if you want to check that out, that'd be pretty fun. We have a fun time over there. Yeah, so Charlie642 is actually my little brother, and since he's had me on his channel a couple of times, I figured it'd be nice to have him on Beware the Moon podcast, and also be nice to just get a new podcast out. Uh, so I gave him, when we started tonight, I said, how about you be on the podcast, since I've been on your Rumble and everything, and we've played a couple of rounds of Mario Party, and he said, sure, that sounds fun. And so I said, okay, well, we're going to be reviewing a movie, and he said, a movie, and I said, yes, not a video game, a movie. And he said, what movie? And I said, well, I'll give you the choice. So I, I had him choose between three. I said, you can do Annihilation, which is my all-time favorite movie, and it is a horror movie, if you ask me, and when I finally get around to reviewing it, I will give you all the reasons why. I believe it is also a horror movie. I've but seen I, it. But I said, we can do Annihilation, we could do Wolf of Snow Hollow, which... I offered him just because I've been meaning to get around to it. And then I said we could also do Color Out of Space because that's one of my top 20 movies right there. And so he said, why don't we do Color Out of Space? And he'd never seen it before. <laughs> I said, well, you're in for a ride, buddy. Um, so spoiler, spoiler free stuff here. Uh, the biggest star in it is definitely Nicolas Cage. But everyone in that movie just gives it a hundred percent i mean they they kick ass in that movie and i think some people think that they're you know overworking themselves they're over dramatic but i think they're perfect for the kind of insanity that this movie pursues i know that this movie came out i think oh man i didn't look it up maybe 2018 2019 but i remember picking it up off the shelf instead of actually watching it on shutter at and subscribe to Shutter yet so you can get a hard copy of this one and it is just phenomenal High, highly recommend it's so good Char 100% I would recommend it too we just finished watching it and I am thoroughly disturbed yeah like I said it's Charles's first watch of this movie and watching his facial expressions throughout the movie was just phenomenal. <laughs> I mean I've seen this movie a good 20-30 times because I just absolutely adore it and it, it's just the kind of insanity and the kind of disturbing content that I personally enjoy. So it just... is balls to the walls insane. <laughs> that, that's a good was, way to put it. <laughs> I was not expecting half of that crap. Yeah, no, it, it definitely comes out of left field. I would say it's terrifying. Would you say it's terrifying? Uh, I felt pretty terrified. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very disturbing. There's a little bit of body horror in there. Um, it's, it's not jump scares. There's no jump scares in the movie. You're just like, holy fuck, the whole time. I mean, you strap in and you go, 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 go. I mean, this is like, this is like Space Mountain on crack cocaine, you know? It <laughs> it's, it's not a, it's not you're getting on the Dumbo ride. This is Space Mountain on crack cocaine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's intense. I know that, so, for some background of the story and the movie and all that, it's Should a... 
should we like put the uh, spoilers uh, here section or no, no no I'm still doing the preemptive okay yeah so it's a Lovecraftian horror uh, so those of you who are more steeped in horror ought to know the difference between something that's you know body horror that's uh, torture porn versus Lovecraftian I mean you know you get your spirit spiritual horror your exorcism horrors and then you get you know, your sci-fi horrors, you got your Lovecraftian horrors, and this thing's a Lovecraftian horror. It starts off with Lovecraft. Like, they straight up quote the story that this thing is based off of, which is Color Out of Space. And it is phenomenal. I mean, there's there's no words for it. Literally, literally I think we might have trouble describing some of the stuff that we've seen in it, because it is it is just visually stunning, disturbing, and insane. It really is. That's probably what I like about it so much. Yeah. Is it's so it's so very different from most things. And I just love I love, 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 love the Lovecraftian part of it. Because I know so I know the producers and the writers and all that, they really had a hard time trying to picture this thing. Because a lot of Lovecraftian horror is very abstract. It is. Especially color out of space. And I know they had I can't remember where I read this or when I read this, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain I read an interview about this, and they kind of had a hard time deciding what to make the color. Like, they thought about doing it black and white, completely, so that way you didn't have any idea. Charles is making just, like, <laughs> shocked faces. They, like, but that, they thought like, about that because they didn't know what sort of color to make because they, they felt like they had to invent a new color. I will be honest, this this did kind of hurt my eyes, so if you have, like, if you're sensitive to, like, seizures and, like, bright lights and flashing lights and stuff, like, it might not be the movie for you. Yeah, I will say some of the visual effects are pretty intense, especially if you're epileptic. Um, but like I said, they had a hard time deciding if the whole movie should be black and white because they didn't know what to make this, this color because, like I said, Lovecraftian is so abstract. And they... They eventually decided on this, like, bright pinkish-purple color. And I'm... Honestly, I'm glad that they did. Because it feels very out of space. And I think if the whole movie had been black and white, it really would have been alienating just the whole movie. Like, everything would have been washed out. So you wouldn't have been able to tell what's that color and what's normal color. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it would feel like it would be, like, something more, uh... More... I would say, uh... Like, something out of Poltergeist or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and Charles did point out, like, oh, there's a new flower, there's a new flower, there's new flowers everywhere, these fucking out-of-space flowers. And if it had been black and white, you wouldn't have been able to discern so quickly and so easily what these out-of-space flowers were versus normal-ass flowers. It's color-coded. It's color-coded, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the movie that's color-coded. Um, but I highly recommend this movie. I think Nicolas Cage's acting is perfect in it, and usually he's over-the-top crazy, and you just want to throw your head in the wall or, like, hide your head in embarrassment. But he is the perfect tone for this movie. Yeah, it his, his acting fits the tone of this movie. Yeah, and the tone of this movie is just off-the-charts insanity. Because nobody knows what the fuck is happening. Like, this movie is my worst nightmare. Like, if a meteorite just threw itself out onto our back property and it smelled like cancerous death and it seeped into the ground, I'd be like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't be able to handle it. Because I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? 
and it's so good. And it, the thing it's is, just so good. And the thing is, like, I go out there to take care of, like, the animals and stuff. That'd be terrifying for me. Yeah, for Charles and I, I think this movie hits a little bit different because we live on a farm in the middle of nowhere. So and we it, have, we don't have alpaca like they do in the movie, but we have goats and we have chickens and we do have dogs and, like, I, t- I looked at Blue, my, my one puppy, at some point, and I said, I would throw myself down a well for you. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert, sorry. That, that you know, it's, it's a thing in the movie. Um, but let's go ahead and, I mean, I highly re- recommend this movie. I think it's terrifying. I think the acting's fun. I think it's disturbing. Like, it's the kind of shit that you're going to have nightmares about. Um, I, I, was, I was very disturbed. <laughs> Especially near the end. So, if someone's looking for a scare, Charles, are you going to recommend this movie to them? Hell yes. Okay, good. And if someone's looking for some really cool, just different horror, would you recommend this movie to them? Uh, hell yes. Yeah. So, that's how I feel about it, too. Um, So, I know my first half is generally, you know, we recommend this movie or not, or I recommend this movie or not. Highly recommend it. I think it's terrifying. I think it's a good, different sort of horror movie. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's... (laughs) (laughs) That's what I figured, but... Uh, so I would recommend it, Charles recommends it, and if Charles recommends it, you sure as hell better go see it. So if you want it to, if you want to see it and not be spoiled, I know it's on Shudder, you can get a hard copy of it, and I recommend getting a hard copy of it. I'll just have it playing in the background some days while I'm doing my work, because I just, I fucking love it. I think it's... Bolts to the walls, insane. Like I've said, and the music, like it, the score, is also disturbing as well. The score, the sound effects, the visuals. I mean, it's a Shutter original, so it, it's kind of lacking in certain parts with the CGI. But I would say overall, the visuals are insane. Oh man, there's something else. <laughs> <laughs> so I highly recommend this movie. Go watch it and then come back and get the spoiler part. As far as uh, trigger warnings, there's mentions of an alcoholic father who's verbally abusive. Um, That's kind of how the family is, is the parents are just sort of verbally abusive to everyone, and the father definitely delves into those alcoholic tendencies, drinking a lot of whiskey with ice in it. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, any other sort of trigger warnings? I mean, the daughter in the movie, she's a practicing Wiccan. She's got some self-harming stuff going on. So if that's a trigger for you, maybe stay away from this one. And then there's, I think there's, like, any possibilities of, like, you know, if you're sensitive to, like, you know, animals getting hurt or something. Yeah, that's a thing. kids getting hurt. Yeah, kids and animals are in peril in this movie. So if that's something for you, maybe stay away from this one. Um, But like I said, other than that, highly recommend. If those aren't your triggers, go for it. Dive right in. It's fucking great. Um... So, Charles, do you have your notes? Yeah. I told them, I said, make sure you take notes because this movie's insane. Yeah, I have five pages of notes. (laughs) And I was having trouble making notes because I was trying to keep up with the movie and keeping up with the thoughts that I was trying to write down. And this movie is really great at, so we're getting into the spoiler part, um, but this movie is really great at just subtly throwing in the background of this family's life. So, for instance, we find out eventually that the mother in this family had cancer, and it was definitely breast cancer. Like, the dad's loving up on her, and she makes some kind of comment, like, how can you still love me? You know, how can you find me attractive? And he says something about, you know, I've always been a leg man. So you you understand that she had breast cancer. 
And then the daughter's doing a Wiccan practice at the beginning. And part of her Wiccan practice is asking that her mother's cancer be eaten away, burned up. And so you understand those parts. And then he talks about his verbally abusive dad who just kind of thought himself the shit. Yeah. And, uh... Then there's the brother who's kind who's kind of a nerd. He's big into like NASA and he's just he's definitely big into like computers and stuff. And he he's like the stoner alien brother. Like yeah. there's UFOs out there, man. Which is one of the characters yeah. in the movie, exactly. <laughs> like if you wanted to sum up what's his name, Ezra? Uh, if you wanted yeah. to sum up Ezra, that would be it right there. Yeah. There's aliens out there, man. Like, that's yeah. exactly how it's ta- he talks and everything. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so they live on this farm in the middle of nowhere, essentially. Um, and we start off the movie with just, it seems like a monologue, but it's a reading from the Lovecraftian tale of Color Out of Space. Yeah, I didn't read The Color Out of Space, but I did notice that, like, the narration, I was like, ah, oh, this sounds like something that would belong in a book. Well, of course, it's from, <laughs> it's based off of Lovecraft, so there's that. And I have to say, the guy who plays Ward, so the guy who plays Ward, which is the hydrologist, he does an amazing job with the reading of Lovecraft. Like, in the beginning and at the end, this movie is bookmarked, bookended by, by the Ward. reading of the story, Color Out of Space, and it's the reading by Ward, as Charles said, and he just... He freaking hits the nail on the head. He he kills it. Like his the way he reads it is just fantastic. Like you can read it and then you can perform it. Yeah. And he freaking performs it. He does a phenomenal job. Fifteen out of ten for the guy who played Ward. Um, like I said, the most prolific af- the most known actor I'll say in this movie is for sure Nicolas Cage, but everyone else does a phenomenal job. Yeah, everyone is acting their butts off in and, this. And I usually have a sheet with the stats and the director and the main actors. I don't have any of that because I have Charles here tonight and it was kind of a last minute thing, so I apologize on that, but he does a phenomenal job. Sorry, I've been screwing things up. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? No, I invited you on. <laughs> so anyway, so we start with this reading of the Lovecraftian tale, Color Out of Space. And then we see Lavinia, which is the daughter of the Gardner family, which is the family that the movie revolves around. But they're not the protagonists of the movie, which is strange, and I fucking love it. Yeah, It's a wonderful... Um, misnomer it's a wonderful misdirection like yeah, you're not upset I, about it at the end i don't think no I, I was at first i was like oh i thought ward was the protagonist then then i thought the family was the protagonist but then it turns out ward actually is the protagonist because Which, he's the narrator yeah and it's perfectly fine i think it's a wonderful i just think the story's told so wonderfully and performed so wonderfully that you don't even mind but anyway so after Ward's reading, we see Lavinia, the daughter of the Gardner family. She's a teenager, and she is into Wiccan, so she's performing a ceremony, a ritual to help, A, burn the cancer out of her mom's body, and then B, she says, get me out of here. (laughs) She does not like living in the country. She fucking hates it. She wants out. 
She's a witch. Yeah, yeah, and her brother, her brother just gives her the hardest fucking time for it. It's so funny. Like, he calls her spellcaster and witch and all kinds of shit. It's great. And they have a great relationship, her and her brother Benny. Yeah. Um, but, so she's, she's in the middle of this ceremony, and the ward walks in and interrupts it. And he's like, hey, I'm a hydrologist, and I'm just testing the water around here. And as the story progresses, we understand that the city itself wants to build a dam and build a drinking water supply. Right where the property that they live on happens to be. Yeah, and the mayor is a total bitch nugget about she it. She is 100% a bitch. She's the fucking worst. I didn't she's know who dick. she was at first, but I was like, this bitch, she thinks she's the freaking queen? <laughs> And we, she yeah, you learn that she's the mayor, and she's she makes some snide ass comment like you should have sold this property to me, property to me when you had the chance. And you're like, bitch, shut the fuck up. These people are trying to live their lives, you know. And especially like the mom had cancer, so like leave these people yeah. the fuck alone. Anyway, so she goes back home and she's like, ooh, cute hydrologist guy. But right off the bat, she has a confrontation with her dad first, which is not that bad. And then her mom joins in. And I looked at Charles and I said, she is the most insufferable character in this movie. Literally the second she spoke, I was like, oh God, she's that She's that mom. She really is that mom. She's the Karen. Yeah, she's the Karen mom. And her name is Teresa. And I understand she just went through a life and death crisis and she's recovering from cancer and clearly she's kind of a hardball sort of lady she does a lot of shit with the stock stock market but like lady lay off on your kids (laughs) (laughs) like be nice to them be nice to your kids try and connect with your kids don't just just be up their ass about every little thing yeah like 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 your son is like helping out with the farm and like your daughter's there helping out with like the little brother there's another brother who's like a child. His name is Jack. Jack Jack. And then there's uh there's the dog who looks like a wolf. His and, name is Sam. And I love him. Mm-hmm. He is adorable. And the horse's name's Comet. I think right off the bat I said to Charles Charles was like, Oh, she's doing a ritual? That's weird. And I was like, Let me just tell you, she's probably one of the most sane characters in this movie, aside from Ward. I said Ward's the most sane, and then it's probably Lavinia. And, or the horse comment. <laughs> I said, that's how fucking crazy this movie is. I tried to warn him, but he didn't believe me. So anyway, we get back to the house, and Lavinia and Benny are, you know, they, they snipe at each other, but they love each other, and the family has dinner, and it's some fake-ass French dish. I don't know if it's actually fake-ass French. Maybe it's real French. I have a friend from France. Maybe I'll ask him about it. What, what did he say it was called? I don't know. He, I, I can't spell French words. <laughs> just can't but clearly he's a connoisseur and we'll get to that in a minute yeah he he says he makes this french dish and he says something about oh it's your mom's favorite and i'm like that is the fakest ass sounding french thing ever but maybe it's right the only words i know in french are uh putain which is fuck and (laughs) and i know um je ne sais pas which means i don't know so is this a real french dish uh, je ne sais know. pas. Je ne sais pas. I have no idea. 
Um, I have a friend from France. I need to ask him. But the daughter's like, oh, so this is a peasant dish. And he's like, your mother loves it. And apparently it's like duck and pork and some other shit. It looks like trash. Yeah, and the entire family agrees. Because they're secretly feeding it to the dog. (laughs) Yeah. And the mom looks at the youngest son once the dad leaves the room. She goes, next time cook and you're like oh yeah it's you know it's and it's so funny too because he like makes the dish and says it's her favorite and he made it for her and she's like next time i'll cook and you're like yeah okay dad and the dad's name is nathan and he is just like he's a hot mess everyone in this movie is a hot mess which is it's fine people are hot messes It's 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 a somewhat relatable i would say but at a certain point it gets to the point where they're just they're hot messes to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, can someone please actually ask for help? Someone like just if you ask were, for therapy. <laughs> like, if you were to deal with them, you'd, you'd need a second away from them. Like, just a hot minute. Oh, man. Lavinia's ritual at the beginning starts to make so much sense when she's yeah. like, please get me out of here. You're like, damn, same. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so after dinner, the family, the, the mother and the father are talking about how they're not their parents how she feels bad because she can't really connect with Lavinia and she says something about oh god I'm becoming my mom and he's like you're nothing like your mom and he's like look at me I'm living on the property I said I'd never live on my dad's property I can still hear his intellectual voice and his dad voice like (laughs) his dad voice is like his dad's voice that doesn't make any sense but, like, him... Like you, like, you can tell, like, it is his dad's voice. And it is so fucking funny. And it's so douchey. Like, you just want to punch him in the face. Like, not only would I have run away from home if that had been my dad's dad voice, but I would probably burn my fucking house down after I ran away from home. That's just the kind of person I am. Like, his dad apparently was a very snooty person, thought he was smarter than you. And, like, the way he does his dad's dad voice is, like, Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> it's so funny. Why are you in my sight, peasant? Yeah, that's basically the dad's dad voice. This says the guy living out on a farm. Yeah. I know, that's the thing that I'm like, where are you where do you get off? Like, where are you coming from, buddy? Um But then they start smooching and they they're he's like, you know, it's the this is when we get some of the background about the cancer because he's like, it's the first time in six months and She's like, how can you still find me attractive? And he's like, you know, I'm a leg guy. And so you you get the gist that she had breast cancer really bad to the point where she had to have her, her tatas removed. Um, and the parents are go upstairs to try to get it on. Lavinia is listening to her metal music, which I hardcore support. Benny's in his room looking at his, like, conspiracy alien bullshit with Sam, the dog. And what was that message on the wall? Oh, yeah, he's got, uh, like, it says something like, no flesh will be spared on his wall. Isn't that what it said? Yeah, can we get to that later on? This will be relevant later on. Yeah, yeah. So he's sitting there looking at his computer, and above his computer is some, like, some magazine cutout bullshit letters that say something like, no flesh will be spared. And you're like, what the fuck kind of teenager has that in his room? Who has that in their room? And, like, there's no other decorations. Like, it's just, no flesh shall be spared. And you're like, are you just a stoner? Or what are you doing here? Because, like, he's he's posing as just a stoner. Maybe that's a film theory. Matt Pat, hit that up. Um, but 
<laughs> Penny's behind it all. Um, but anyway, so they're sitting there doing their thing. Jack-Jack, the youngest son, is in his bedroom, and he starts getting spooked because this meteor is coming from out of space. Yeah, there's like this big giant purple ring in the sky, perfectly right around the uh, the moon. And it is just sinister and creepy as fuck. I thought it was gorgeous until it started being sinister. It, it is gorgeous, don't get me wrong. But you immediately know something is kind of wrong. Yeah, no. Especially the, the youngest son kind of has like a very visceral reaction to it. Like, you yeah. know how kids in horror movies always have the worst reaction to any... Because they're, cause they're kids. Like, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, and they usually, it's usually, like, exorcism movies. Like, you know, Poltergeist. The little yeah. girl's like, oh, they're back. You know, it's that sort of bullshit where it's like this kid is more susceptible to these outer forces. So he's freaking out, and he tries to find his parents, and they're still busy getting it on. And Lavinia's still trying to sleep and listen to her metal. And Benny is just, he's sitting there drooling. I noticed that this watch around. He's literally just sitting there drool coming out of his mouth like a fucking idiot. <laughs> but this color fills the rooms, and then this comet hits the ground, and Jack-Jack starts screaming, just shrieking. Which, at that point, my puppies started freaking out a little bit, <laughs> wondering if they should, they should start alerting me to the danger. And, you know, like, with the, with the whole house, like, being flooded with this color, you'd think that the parents would be like, something is very wrong right now, but no. Charles has never had sex before. <laughs> Charles's face went red. Uh, you know, Charles, when you you're know. getting busy, you're getting busy. That's why they call it getting busy because you've been busy <laughs> yeah but it's like somebody should have noticed something right right well so jack jack starts like shrieking and the parents come out and they're like holy shit what's wrong they don't say that but you know that's the mood and uh they find this thing outside and blah 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 and the next day the sheriff shows up and the mayor shows up and the hydrologist shows up because he's the most important character, let's be real. Aside the, from G-Spot. And this, the thing that I've noted is that, like, at least they left it alone until somebody came. Yeah, that's true. Because in most horror movies, they're like, oh, what's that? And they poke whatever dangerous thing that came from outer space. Or they pull a Stephen King from a, what is that movie he's in where he just, like, slaps the fuck out of his face. <laughs> and he's like, oh, golly. <laughs> Anyway, I think it's creep show. Anyway, um, so they the family comes out and sees it, notes it. They call the local authorities to come out and just kind of see if there's anything wrong with it. And the hydrologist is like, it's probably a meteor. Usually they burn up before they hit the ground. This one didn't for whatever reason. And the hydrologist and Benny and Lavinia are all poking around at it. And the dad sends Lavinia back into the house because he's like, I'll be damned if my little girl is making eyes at a boy. <laughs> you know, typical. Yeah, same thing with the mom. She's, yeah, the mom is yeah. such a vision. Like, usually, I don't know, I feel like healthy mom relationships are like, oh, that boy's cute, huh? You've got an interest in him, huh? I can see why. No, no, no. The mom's like, oh, you think that guy's cute, huh? You were basically throwing him yourself at him. Look at how you're dressed. I can't believe you. And, of course, Lavinia runs away because, yeah. like, Fuck you, mom. And, and she's then, not like dressed for him. She just dressed for the day. Yeah. She didn't know he was coming. Fuck you, mom. Fuck you, Teresa. Paranoia. 
But and then like the mayor shows up, and this is kind of where you kind of this is where you know where she is like this bitch ass queen, where she's like, "I am the queen of this place. You should have sold me this place." And she's the one who's pushing for this water, this dam, and then this water system for drinking water because it's supposedly going to be drinking water for like half the state, so it's going to pour tons of money into this town. And she's kind of the spearhead of this movement. So, and at the end we find out that this farm and this family, this is where she wanted to, to put the dam. But because it had been in their family for generations, the dad went ahead and moved his family in once his dad died. Yeah. That's and kind of the gist you get. Yeah. So anyway, um, Lavinia's crying. Um, where are you at your notes? Oh, um... Well, we meet the, uh, and there was kind of a bit of a, a cut in between. Oh, yeah. I think we're, this, it's get to the part, we get to the part where we start to meet Ezra. Cause like, uh, Ward starts asking about stuff with, uh, they with go, the, <laughs> first they go to milk the alpacas, which can I say the dad has way too much pride in. He's way like, too much he's pride. like, check me out milking these alpacas. <laughs> and the hydrologist <laughs> Ward is like. I just, I just am trying to do my job. Can I get out of here? <laughs> like, he offers Ward, like, raw alpaca milk, which sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, we drink raw goat's milk in my house, but for some reason, raw alpaca milk just seems... Just sounds... Ugh. It just sounds <laughs> awful. And so, the dad is, like, very proud of his job, though, which, whatever, live your best life. And uh, he says something about, Ward says, is there anybody else who lives on the property? Which is kind of a weird thing to ask. But, you know, it, it turns out the dad's like, yeah, there's this guy, Ezra. He's our squatter. Squatters are just people who live on your property and won't fucking leave. And you can claim squatters' rights so you're not legally allowed, to, or you're not legally forced to leave. So I'm going to guess Ezra camped out when the dad's dad was alive claimed squatters rights and is now just squatting on the land and uh, apparently he made friends with benny so <laughs> because ezra's a a pothead too and so uh benny is like yeah i'll take you to meet ezra so they go out there to talk to ezra and by they i mean benny and ward the hydrologist yeah, there's no way the dad probably would have wanted to see him. And I don't think Ezra wanted to see the dad either. Yeah. Like, him and him and the dad, Ezra doesn't interact with anybody except Benny and Ward. That's it. And I think that's because he just doesn't like people. Um, he's got a cat named G-Spot. And the, he is and, adorable. And Benny is so funny because Benny goes, How funny is that? A pussy named G-Spot. <laughs> It's so fucking stupid, but you're like, yeah, that is kind of funny. But anyway, so Ward and Benny go talk to Ezra, and Ezra is like, oh, yeah, man. He's like, he's literally the, yeah, man, they're out there. They're coming for us. And apparently Ezra used to be an electrician, so he's got, like, some cool shit around his hut. He's got this little hut in the woods. Yeah, he's got, like, a full-on security camera. He's, like, off-the-grid, solar-powered. He's like, this is where I live, and I make my own stuff, everything. And he, he's got, like, this cool, like, stained glass door. I mean, Ezra, Ezra's little hut is fucking dope. He's got a little, like, elevator, elevator buttons on the side of his door, too. <laughs> For no fucking reason. It's just, they're just there. Um, which, 
Valid. I would do that. Maybe they signify how high he is. (laughs) (laughs) True. Like, as soon as Ward walks in, he's like, you want to hit, man? And Ward's like, uh, no, thank you. And he's like, didn't think so. And then he keeps smoking his pot. Um, But essentially, Ward talks to him about, I'm here to check out the water. And he's like, yeah, the water's been kind of weird. You know, and they're talking about the meteorite. Is that it? I'm pretty sure that's it in this scene. I think so, yeah. He's just like, you know, I could check out this water for you and I'll send a sample back to the lab. Yeah. This scene is basically just to establish Ezra as a character, establish who he is as a character, and then also establish the fact that G-Spot, the cat, exists. Yeah. Because that comes back later. Yeah. Um, Keep that little note in your head. Yeah, for real. So Ezra, I think the next scene is Ezra in his tent, right? Um... I don't know. I think so. I I think that was it. Like, they left, and, like, that night there was, like, a lightning storm. Yes. And the lightning, like, while they were in there, like, the lightning storm happens, and the lightning is attracted to the meteorite that is near the barn, or the house. And it's purple lightning, and it's the color that is the color out of space that we find out later on. And Charles said something like, purple lightning, isn't that a phenomenon? And I was like, fuck if I know. We lived in Florida, which was the lightning, which is the lightning capital of the United States. So I'm like, I've seen purple lightning. If it's a phenomenon, I don't know shit about that. Like, (laughs) I've done seen that. It's probably a lot more natural and a lot less sinister than what's going on in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's old news to me, purple lightning. Like, I've seen that shit. Maybe Maybe it's something cool and different for you. Purple lightning exists. But anyway, this is like the The. color out of space sort of lightning. And it just keeps striking the meteor. And then Ward, he's at his tent. And he's like checking water contents, looking at the water tables, and just seeing the the different chemicals in the water and all that shit, whatever hydrologists do. And he gets a call and like he picks it up. And first off, I'm like, how do you have service out here in the middle of nowhere? Charles literally goes, does he even have service? <laughs> like, I know it's like a plot point thing, but like, it's it's out in the sticks. Like, you would expect there to not be any service. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, yeah. so he gets a call, and like, it's all garbled on the other end. He can't really understand. Because he doesn't fucking have service, Charles is right. <laughs> But uh, he he like takes he like takes a call, and then something something starts happening when he starts flashing his light out into the woods, and he's starting to see like different colors out in the woods as well. Charles literally goes, "Is he seeing something invisible?" And I was like, "You didn't see it." And it's just the color moving through the woods, which is fucking crazy. It's, you're like, "Oh, things are about to get crazy." Like it's it's like some sort of. Um, like, I would say literally just a sort of, like, light form of some sort. And his car turns on, and then as he's approaching it, it turns off. Like, it turns on, and the engine's going, and the lights are on, and it's, like, going as if, so- like, the car alarm is activated. And then as soon as he gets, like, a foot away, it just shuts off entirely. And he's reading a book called The Willows, and he's, like, looking around. He's alone, and I'm like, damn, yeah. this is the part when I'd be like, your water table is fucked goodbye ma'am goodbye sirs i'm out this is the point where i'm like this guy is just he's 
He's dead. He's going to be dead. Charles literally was like, oh, he's fucked. We're never seeing him again. I didn't tell him that this is the main character, actually, of the story. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Because, like, I saw him, he appeared once, and then it took a while for him to reappear again. And I was like, oh. Is he not going to be on screen that long? Is he not the main character? Because even though he's the protagonist, it's not his story. It's the story of the gardeners. Yeah, the family. But, But he is the protagonist. So anyway... So, Lavinia and her dad notice that lightning is striking this meteor, and then the next day is the day the dad has his interview with the news crew. Oh my goodness. This is the point where I noticed that the town they live in is called Arkham. Yeah. And I'm a huge Batman fan, and if you know anything about Batman, if you go to a place called Arkham, it's freaking insane. And I know Arkham, doesn't it exist somewhere? Like Arkham Asylum? No, not Asylum, just Arkham the just City. Arkham the City? I'm going to look that you up. You mean Arkham City? Arkham City. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. I didn't uh, need a spell right. Hang on. Okay, hang on. Hannah's looking this up because it's possible that this could be a city. but like There's you know. Arkham Games, which is like four hours away. Arkham Games? There's Markham, Ontario, <laughs> Markham, Illinois, and Markham, Texas. Arkham Asylum is in Norwich, Connecticut. Oh. Which is a bookstore. It's a bookstore. It's not an actual asylum. I was about to say, if that's an actual asylum, like, it isn't like Connecticut, like near New York. Charles. (sighs) Yeah, I know. I'm not very good with geography. Yes. Anyway. (laughs) So, yes, Arkham's not an actual place, but it's one of those, like, names that you figure is a place. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, why not use it in your fucking movie? Just do it. Um, so they live near a place called Arkham. Arkham's the big city. Yeah. That's an hour away from wherever the fuck they live. Okay. And you never really get a set place because, first of all, Arkham is a fake city. <laughs> I didn't know until just now. I mean, like, I knew Arkham Asylum, blah, 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 Arkham from Batman. I knew all that. I'm a big Batman fan, too. So I knew all of that yeah. was fake. But I didn't know there's no cities called Arkham. So, anyway, there are no cities called Arkham, apparently, from my quick cursory Google Maps search. Um, So, but Arkham seems like a place. So this, this is a very ambiguous, it could be fucking anywhere. Yeah, it could be anywhere. So, um, anyway, this is when Charles noticed that the big city nearby is called Arkham, this is when the dad has this interview. And it's so funny because the news crews show up. This meteorite has sunk into the ground. Like, they can't find it anymore. Yeah. And it's literally, like, if if you're the watcher of the movie, you're like, oh, it fucking sunk into the ground. But the dad and the mom are like, where did it go? They have no idea. <laughs> and the dad's literally like, I have no idea how something that big could have disappeared. And she's like, the mom's like, well, thank God. And you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> you you got to figure this shit out. This is not okay. Yeah. So, Especially with the news, crews, the news crew coming. For real. So the dad does his interview, and it doesn't even show us the interview until later, and it's playing on the news. And it's it is, hilarious. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's so good. Like, the dad's hair. Nicolas Cage looks... Nicholas Cagey, just yeah. absolutely fucking crazy. Not the bees, sort of insane. Like you know, what I'm <laughs> and he's like, and the dad's watching his own interview on the TV, and he's like, "Couldn't somebody have given me a calm? What the hell?" <laughs> and you're like, 
true, man, true. So he's like, he's like talking to them, and they're, you know, it depicts news media as yeah. news media. Like, it's not like meteorite owner or meteorite cider or anything like that. It's UFO. UFO witness. And then he, they're like, sir, were you completely sober when you saw this? And he's like, he starts mumbling about bourbon. So then it's like UFO witness slash bourbon connoisseur. <laughs> and Charles lost it. He's like, fuck, that's funny. And I was like, yeah, I know, right? So he's like, this poor dad is just being just he's smattered. Just, just he's just getting so roasted on the TV. It's so funny. And he's sitting there complaining about it. And his three kids are sitting there. And Lavinia is trying not to laugh her ass off. And then in the other room in the kitchen, the mom's cooking dinner like she said she would. And she's chopping carrots. And it's never good shit when they're yeah. chopping carrots. It like is if, never... if, if you listen to my to my review on The Dark and the Wicked, that... it's never fucking good when they're chopping carrots. Like that's not good when your mom is chopping carrots in the middle of the night. I've... Fuck no. <laughs> I've seen that movie and that... That scene was just like, oh god, you already know where it's going. Another movie I made Charles watch. <laughs> Technically speaking, I did. I did actually. You know, I wanted. I walked in and saw you were watching, it, and I was like, oh hey, can I watch it? And you were like, yeah, let me just rewind back. Yeah, that's true. Because I love the Dark and the Wicked yeah. just as much as I love this movie. Anyway, so the mom's cutting carrots, which is never a good sign. And she's cutting and cutting and cutting. And then Ed's pissing and moaning about his, his news interview. And Lavinia's trying not to laugh her ass off. And all of a sudden, the mom's cutting and cutting and cutting. And the dad's like, Jack's, Jack, go get your mom or whatever. And he goes in there and he pulls on her sleeve and he's like, Mommy. And she just, of course, slices through her fucking two fingers. The oh. first two fingers, her, her index and her middle. Slices probably, I'd say, right above... That first knuckle. Yeah. That first digit. Full and, digit. Yeah. And she, she turns and she's got her, her missing digits and she goes, dinner's ready. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Oh it's not ready. And the dad, of course, has to rush her to the hospital and all that. And he's like, Benny, you're the man of the house. And Lavinia, of course, is just just ragging on Benny for being the man of the house. She's like, come on, Jack. We're gonna go inside. Benny will take care of us because he's so responsible. He's the man of the house. This pot-smoking teenager and you're rolling. It's so funny. I do kind of feel bad for Jack, though, because, like, when she cut her fingers, the mom, like, some of that blood splattered all over his face. It's a good fucking effect, too. It's not it's, nasty. It's crazy. I was gonna say gnarly, but then nasty came to mind, and it's both. It's gnarly and it's nasty. It's na-nasty. 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 Narsty. It's narsty. Narsty. And, uh, so this narsty moment where the poor kid, and he's got glasses on, it yeah. smatters across his glasses, and you're like, <laughs> and so, uh... They go inside, though, and uh, the dad's like, make sure the alpacas are in by 10 o'clock to Benny. Yeah. And uh, Benny, you see him taking care of the alpacas. Like, yeah. he's taking them out to pasture, and he's putting them back. He's being a responsible son. And Lavinia's like, she goes out back, and she's like, the fuck are all the alpacas doing here? Benny, she calls for Benny. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I fed him. And she's like, what the fuck are they doing here? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, okay, well, put the alpacas in the barn. I really need you to lay off the weed, okay? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I can't do this alone. Which, valid, valid, valid. Super yeah. funny. 
And then... Uh, this is where we start noticing that some odd flowers are starting to show up as well. Is this also the Primantis? Um, a fucked up Primantis that makes me want to vomit and die. I don't know. I don't think so. Not yet. So, as the two older siblings, which is Lavinia and Benny, are trying to take care of shit, including their younger brother, Jack, Jack is whistling at the well, and Lavinia's like, what are you doing? He's like, shh, I'm talking to him. She's like, who? <laughs> He's like, the man in the well. <laughs> and I literally looked at Charles and I said, if you had ever said some shit like that to me while our parents were away, I would have yeeted you off the goddamn planet. <laughs> I would have just punted you into the nearest alligator-infested water because fuck that shit. I'm not doing it. So sorry, but fuck that. And he sits there and he's he's drawing like this scary-ass fucking monster thing and I was like, if you had said some shit like that and started drawing some monsters, I would have thrown you in the goddamn well. <laughs> Charles started laughing. I was like, I'm not kidding. You're was... cute as fuck as a kid, but if that had been you, I would have thrown you in the yeah. fucking well. Yeah, and honestly, like, at first I thought Jack was actually talking to Ward, because I thought he was dead at this point. That's true. <laughs> Charles still thought Ward was dead. I forgot about that. I was he's like, like, he's talking to Ward. Like, the Lavinia goes in to clean the knife that her mom had cut herself with, and there's just blood fucking everywhere, and Charles is like, <gasps> Ward's dead, and he's bleeding through the water, and blah, 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 and I was like, <laughs> I don't, you know, I've seen this movie a million times, and I was like, no, he's but that's a good thought. <laughs> that's a really fucking creepy thing to think yeah. good job Charles <laughs> so she's like trying to wash it off she gets sick she's, she's there's got... so much blood running out of the sink and I, it's like, one of those movies where you're like not sure what reality is yeah so you don't know if it's really blood coming out of the sink cause I, I just think in logistically even if you had severed your main digits on those two front fingers. Like that's a lot of blood, but that's I don't too think much blood. I don't think there'd be enough blood to like start coming through the sink and stuff. Yeah, like like she literally fills up and I get it. The way the dishes are settled is they're settled right over the drain. So it's not like anything's draining down, but the water is so red. I'm like that doesn't make any logical sense. Yeah. So I I don't I don't think it's real. I don't think the segment is real. But you never really know. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those things where it screws with your head. Yeah, so she, she thinks it's real, which is fine. That's I mean, we're seeing it through the character's eyes. So it's real enough for her that she goes and pukes in, in the bathroom. She pukes into the toilet, and then Ward knocks on the door, and Charles is like, he's alive! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank God, he's alive. I was like, yeah, he's alive. So he's like, there's something in the water. I don't really know what it is, but avoid drinking the water. And she's still sick as a dog, so she's, she runs off. Yeah. As soon as possums, man. She just she just she's fucking like, runs oh. into the back to the bathroom to puke in. And he's like, don't drink the water. You know, but it's obviously too late. So then he goes to talk to Ezra. Not just... It's not too late just for her, but also, like, you notice the alpacas are drinking all the water as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep that little note in your head as well. There's there's a moment where the alpacas are drinking the water, and you can see the alpaca's reflection in the water, and my brain goes, no space, leave this place. But I was like, oh, no, there's space. He's fine. It's not a mirror. It's actual water. Anyway, so then Ward's like, 
you can see him go to walk off the property, but then he's like, ding, light bulb goes off in his head, and he's like, I should warn Ezra. So then he walks down the path to Ezra's hut, and Ezra is like, in there, and he's so sweet, Ezra, he's like, you want me to make you some java? And he's like, no, I'm good. Like, I, I came to talk to you about that, actually. Like, don't drink the water. And Ezra's on the ground, like, kneeling, and he's got, like, this these headphones to one of his ears, and he's like, you know, just sitting there with the microphone. And Ward's like, what the fuck are you doing, kind of a thing? And Ezra's like, if you listen real qu- close and you're real quiet, you can hear him. And he's like, hear who? And he's like, the people underground. He's like, the people underground. He's like, you can hear him through the ground. And he's like, they came in on that meteor. They're just talking. Of course, the word's like, what What the fuck? So Ezra hands him the headphones. And he puts the one headphone in his ear. And he's just hearing static, basically. And he's like, uh. Am I supposed to be listening for anything? Yeah, he's like, what am I supposed to be listening for? And Ezra's like, the people. And he's like, they talk through the static and blah, 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 blah. You know, just crazy person rambling bullshit. And he, Ward is so nice about it. He's, he's like, trying. He's being very patient. He's like, Ezra, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but like, that's really out there. And Ezra's like, no, it's not out there. It's in here, man. And he's like, it's under the floor, man. They came in on the comet and they live in the well. And he's like, I knew nobody would believe me unless I got it on this track. And it's like the old school recording tracks where it's like yeah. this big ass machine that's rolling with tape. And he's like, I knew no one would believe me unless I got it on that track or whatever the fuck. And you're like, okay. So he's like, hey, I'll keep an eye out for G-Spot because he's like, where's G-Spot? And he's like, I don't know. She went missing right as everything started to happen. So he says, I'll keep an eye out for G-Spot. And he goes, oh, you might see her, but I don't think you'll recognize her. And you're like, what? What? (laughs) Very foreboding. So foreboding. Ezra is one of my favorite parts of this movie. He's so subtle, but, like, and he's he's not, like, a major part of this movie, but he is one of the most foreboding characters. Yes. <laughs> you're just like, fuck. Everything that comes out of Ezra's mouth, you're like, fuck, Pay man. <laughs> yeah. So, Ward leaves, and uh, Lavinia keeps getting these phone calls from her parents, that are mostly static, but then she can hear her parents' voices, like, yelling at her. Yeah. And so her and Benny and Jack are trying to kind of survive this weird span of just, like, no communication on their own with the alpacas doing whatever the fuck the alpacas are doing. <laughs> and uh, the parents finally start heading home. And this is where This is where they run into... The cat. And Ezra was right when he said, this cat is unrecognizable. It's hairless. Its eyes are glowing. It's just monstrous looking. It is disgusting to look at. You feel you feel kind of bad for this cat if you're a cat person. Oh my goodness, you feel so bad for the cat. But Charles's face went, hide the bug as soon as he saw it. And I was rolling <laughs> and of course the parents who were in the vehicle that Ad's driving he slams on the brakes and he's like did you see that thing what the fuck was that you know kind of a deal and you're like same bro because yeah. it literally looks like like ward later on says it looks like radiation burns and he's absolutely right it does look kind of like radiation burns but slightly different i mean it did come from outer space yeah and radiation burns so if you 
you want to know what radiation burns look like. Um, Shin Godzilla, that's probably yes. the best example I can think of off the top of my head. I have seen that movie. So awesome Sh- movie. Yeah, it is. I love Godzilla. But Shin Godzilla, specifically, his skin is healed radiation burns. Nuclear radiation burns. So, when they look at these animals, they're like, it's radiate looks like radiation burns, but, like, new radiation burns. Not old radiation burns, like Shin Godzilla's. Yeah. It's new radiation burns that haven't healed yet. So, they're so, fresh and so, it hurts to touch. So, basically, this cat is hairless. It looks like it's bleeding this fucking color. And, and it looks... It I, looks I, monstrous. It looks just disgusting. Like, yeah. you just want to vomit and die when you see this poor thing. Um, and they're like, of course, the parents are like, oh, fuck. So then the mom's like, I just got to call Lavinia. And Lavinia can't get to the phone. And her brother, Benny, is like, this is going to sound weird, but I swear I was outside. And it was daylight. And then I don't know what happened, but it just turned dark all of a sudden. So dark that I almost didn't find the house. And you're like, what the fuck? And while this is happening, you see Jack outside with the dog, Sam. And you feel bad for this dog because clearly Sam sees something like shining and glowing. And clearly he thinks it's a threat. So he's growling at it. He goes to protect Jack and attack this thing. And you just hear this dog just get completely destroyed by whatever the crap this thing is. He, like, whimpers quite a few times and then dies. I had my, my, all three of my dogs were out in the living room with me watching this with me and Charles. And the two puppies were like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he started whimpering and they were like, oh god. And the one, I've got a video of her just kind of, like, dipping her head. Like, she just couldn't believe they fucking killed the dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so funny. She's like, oh my god, they killed the dog. <laughs> yeah, and of course, like, all while all this is happening, like, the brother's PC and, like, everything in the house is, like, going haywire. Because, like, why not? Of yeah. course it's gonna do that. It's like Digimon, but, like, your worst nightmare sort of Digimon. It's, just it's, all the stuff goes haywire, all your electronics fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while it's Digipopities. <laughs> 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 anyway, so uh, the the parents get home, and Jack-Jack had been outside. Like, Lavinia and Benny had just completely lost track of Jack-Jack. So they run outside and find him out there. And he's still talking to the thing in the well, which you're like, eh, uh, uh, maybe stop doing that. And uh, <laughs> they come out, and they're like, Benny, what the fuck? And as soon as that happens, the parents drive up. They're like, what are you doing out here with Benny and blah, 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 blah. And the mom had her fingers reattached and everything. And the parents are, like, super disappointed in Benny and Lavinia. And then the dad turns and sees the alpacas just doing their shit. They're just out in the yard again. And he just freaking loses it on Benny. He loses it on Benny. And he does his dad's dad voice. Yeah. Like, it's so bad. Like, and and he loses it on Benny. He gets the alpacas back in the barn. Tries to find Sam. Sam's dead. So he's like, he says something like, It'd be nice if I could get a little support around here. (laughs) And then... Lavinia and Benny are like, are you okay, Dad? Because they notice he's acting weird. And he's like, Lavinia, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, why don't you get the fuck out of the- my sight? He's like, actually, I'll do you a favor. I'll get the fuck out of yours. And he walks away and you're like, what the shit? And poor and he, Benny is like, he doesn't mean it. Like, he's just stressed sort of a thing. Yeah, and you kind of feel bad for them because, like, Benny was actually being responsible. 
and then Lavinia was being kind of was being responsible with the stuff inside the house. Yeah, like Betty's trying his damnedest to get these fucking alpacas in the barn. It's not his fault they don't want to stay in the barn. Yeah, they keep phasing through the fucking wall. <laughs> and Benny's like, "Should we try and warn him?" And Lavinia is like, "About what? Like, like how do you explain this you, to anyone? You can't warn someone about something you can't explain, which fucking sucks." So then that night, they're all trying to sleep, and, or no, that night, no, that they're night, not trying to sleep. So, the dad, like, he comes into, like, the, like, the, like, his room, and, like, the mom is in there with Jack, and they're, like, drawing whatever Jack oh, wants yeah. to draw, and, uh, he's just, the dad's just grumbling to himself, and he hops in the shower, and, like, you know, it's, there's something wrong with the water. You already know this. Yeah. So he's in the shower, and you're just like, oh, God, what's going to happen? And as he's showering, like, literally something drops out of, the, like, is in the shower drain. And so the dad goes to pick it up, and it's, like, sticking to him. And he's like, oh, God! It, like, grows tentacles and grabs him for a second. And he's like, fuck that! And slams it out of his hand and goes down the drain. And he's, like, <laughs> trying to get that shit off his hands. And then he comes back in, and he's like, I can't stop smelling that smell! Literally like that. And the, and mom's the thing like, is, like, he's the only one who's been smelling this for some reason. Right. And the mom's like, what smell? And he's like, you know, the smell. Death. Cancer. Sterilization. You know the smell. You know it better than anyone. <laughs> and you're like, wow, kind of a dick move. Yeah. Let's maybe tone it down a little bit. Let's maybe calm both of our titties for a second, Dad. And this entire time, Jack is also trying to explain that something happened to Sam, but the parents aren't believing him because they're like, oh, he's just a kid. And the kid's just like... I don't really know what's happening. I barely know the English language, and I'm trying to tell you <laughs> that something crazy is happening, and that it did something to Sam, and I don't know where he is. And the mom's like, no, he's not with Grandpa. This is just a big case of parents not listening to children, because if they had listened to their children a little bit faster, maybe a lot of this would have been yeah. prevented. <laughs> so parents, listen to your kids. Anyway... So, at some point that night, Jack-Jack is sitting on the porch with Benny. Yeah? Oh, yes. Yes. And Benny's just like, beautiful night, huh? And you look up at the sky, and the sky's getting weirder and weirder, and it's got more purple in it. But Benny's being such a good big brother. He's, like, trying to comfort his little brother. He's, like, patting his head and scrubbing it. And it's like, oh, that's so sweet. But then the alpacas start going fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. And Benny feels that call of responsibility. And so he gets the flashlight and he starts going towards there and Jack starts going with him. And they get into the barn. And we just see a little bit of glimpses. Glimpses and, like, something clearly happened to the alpacas. Right, like, the alpacas are fucked. That's that's what you get. That's what you gather from this moment is, like, all right, Benny and Jack went out there. The alpacas are fucked. And... Benny and Jack try to get back to the house, but Benny, or Benny, of course, he's he's a grown-ass human, practically, so he can run faster than Jack. Jack stumbles, the mom meets him halfway, and then the light zaps out, and, like, lightning strikes both the mom and Jack. Yeah, this is the part where, like, some of that body horror starts to come in. And I want your first thoughts on this, Charles, okay. because I've seen this scene Eight bazillion times, and I fucking love it at this point. But it's nice to have a fresh perspective. Like I was, like I was expecting something crazy to happen with the mom because I was writing notes at this point, and I 
looked up and I saw something was messed up with the mom and I was like, oh, something happened with the mom. And then I see like the mom fused with Jack on the couch and I'm like, holy shit. His expression was so good. I was so fucking disturbed. He, yeah. I, I can say ver- verifiably. Dis- ver- very, very much disturbed. Like, that did leave an impression on me. And honestly, rightfully so. So what happens is this color that clearly comes out of the barn. So whatever it is, it had already struck the alpacas. It comes out and it strikes like lightning. But not like our lightning. Kind of like cosmic lightning, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. Because this movie is so abstract. Like kind of a solar flare almost. Yeah, like solar flare. So it solar flares up and just strikes the mom and Jack. And it fuses them back to back. Yeah, it's it's pretty horrifying to look at. And the noises they make, that, that actually did honestly get me mentally a little bit. The noises they make are so fucked up. It's disturbing because it's it's pure agony from the both of them, but like amplified by a bajillion. This is when the movie goes from like level five to level fifteen, like so fucking fast, just like boom! Like as soon as it hits them, you're like, "Oh shit, dude!" And then you know, fifteen out of ten, crazy. Yeah, you know things are like we're amping up like you know we're in the last act now so jack and the mom Teresa, are fused back to back they put them on the couch benny can't get a hold of 911 in the meantime lavinia takes out her necronomicon haha and <laughs> she starts doing a ritual that includes cutting the shit out of herself so she comes down to see the mom and jack like fused and she screams and you know um I did notice that shit starts getting worse and worse after she does each of these rituals. So, like, I wonder if this is both, like, from outer space, but also from another dimension. And is just kind of, like, responding to some of these. And it's Lovecraftian. It's so Lovecraftian, you never know. so you, never you know don't what the know. fuck is happening. And, and it's that's really... the whole thing about Lovecraft is, like, it's the unknown. You have no idea what you're screwing with. And that's, that's why it's so... It gets you so good. Because, like... In this situation, there's really no right. Like, except getting the fuck out of there. Yeah. But if you're drinking the water, which they are, like, the dad keeps having whiskey, which has ice in it, and the ice is made from the water from the land. And, like, they they go through a whole spiel where she's like, Lavinia's like, why don't they just buy bottled water like normal people? They're getting water from their own well, which is right where the meteor struck, which Ezra says it lives in the well. So, like, they're obviously drinking the shit consistently. So they're being, I guess, brainwashed. Or into, poisoned. Or poisoned into whatever this thing is. And so Lavinia is like, oh, she comes down from cutting the fuck out of herself. And is like, holy absolute shit. And starts screaming. And then, then Benny can't get 911. There's not even a, a there's not even a, an alternate tone. Like, there's no tone there. So then the next day, the dad goes out to try the car and it won't start. And he's like, God sucking, blah, blah, blah. He has the most relatable reaction in this situation. Because, like, he's trying to get his family the hell out of there. But his car won't start. And his, well, it's a truck, but still, it's like his no, truck is. No, it's like a Volvo. Or not a Volvo. It's like a, a Volkswagen. 
but like this a Volkswagen car, wagon. Yeah, like a real wagon. Like a uh, like he's trying to get his family out of this as soon as he possibly can, and the only thing that can get him out isn't working. So he is understandably losing his shit. So then he comes back inside and he talks to Lavinia and Benny and he goes, "The car is is it's not happening." <laughs> And he goes, what do you mean the car's not happening? And I was like, same, bro. I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, same, bro. What do you mean the car's not happening? And he's like, it's not working, you know. And the sunlight is hurting the mom and Jack. And so they like, put them been, upstairs in the attic. And, like, that's the thing. They've been in agony all night. Oh, my gosh. They're shaking and shivering. And They're screaming. Screaming and moaning and just, like, making all these god-awful sounds. And so they finally drag them upstairs, none too gently, I might add. Like, they, liter- literally, this is hell. Yeah, this is this literally is absolute hell. hell. I think if my mom fused with my little brother, which is you, sorry, Charles, I would probably um, set the whole house on fire. Yeah, set us on fire. Uh, just the whole house, including myself. Yeah. I don't think Preferably I shoot us in the face first, so that way we don't <laughs> feel the burns. Aside from the radiation burns that have already happened. I got you, bro. <laughs> I'll cover you on I'll cover you on that. But uh so they, they get the mom and the brother upstairs, the little brother, and then there's something wrong with the alpaca, as Betty says, and the dad's like, I'll take care of it. So he goes and gets the shotgun. He's like, Mess with my fucking family. We've been through enough. Da 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 da. Not gonna mess with my family and you're like, Yeah, Dad, go Nathan, you got this, Mr. Gardner. And so as he goes out there, the daughter is like saying like uh talking to like whatever it is she believes in she says, Help me And at this point our PS four here our PS four hears her <laughs> And responds and says, would you like, and like this options menu appears. It was so funny. (laughs) She she goes, help me. And our PS4 goes, yeah, I'll help you. (laughs) I was like, I'm so sorry to break this to you, PS4, but no one can help her now. (laughs) It was the best. Our PS4 tried so fucking hard to help them out of this situation. PS4 is like, I will help the Gardner family out of their cosmic horror. I got you. <laughs> no, sorry, PS4, you don't. Like you, you nice try, pro- Sony, but like no. You got good processing power, but that's not going to help this situation. <laughs> you got a good heart, buddy. Your heart's in the right place. <laughs> anyway, so then uh, the dad goes out to the barn with the shotgun. These poor alpacas. And these alpacas are like. Charles and I both went to the same thing, like, as soon as we saw them. Because I remember my first reaction was, oh my god, it's like the fucking thing. The thing from, the thing from another world. Specifically the John Carpenter version. Yeah. Where it's like the scene where the thing is a dog, then attacks the dog, and it's just like this monstrous blob with several dogs. It's literally like that scene. And Charles, of course, is like, it's like the thing. And I was like, (laughs) bro, I literally thought the same thing when I was watching it the first time. I was like, oh my god, this is so John Carpenter inspired, which, yes, Yes, please. please. (laughs) More of that shit in horror movies. Hell yes. Um, But this big amalgamation alpaca with no fur... Which I had mentioned at the beginning to Charles. I was like, look at that alpaca's haircut. None of these alpacas have hair anymore, which makes me sad. They're just this big blob of screaming alpacas. And the dad's just 
firing shotgun blast after shotgun blast into it and just blowing Get, off the heads. Getting covered in quite a bit of their blood, I might add. <clears throat> so then he goes back inside and he goes up to the attic and he tells Lavinia and Benny, he's like, go downstairs and they're like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to handle it. And, and the daughter's like, like, you handled the alpacas? And he's like, going to handle your mother and Jack. And you're yeah. like, Ugh. so like you're like, you, like, you feel bad for this dad because, like, if like with this being the case, like he has to put down his wife that he loves dearly, and then he has to put down his youngest son Jack to put them out of their misery and pain from something that clearly is like, you know, how how do you help people out of this? Like, this is this is just ir. This situation is irreparably damaged. Like, at first he was like, we'll take them to the hospital. And you're like, bro, how the fuck is the hospital going to help them with that shit? They are fucking fused back to back by some cosmic fucked up entity. Like, the little kid, like, I'm pretty sure they're, like, the little kid, like, he's, he's got no bottom half to him. It's fucked up. So he's like, I'll take care of it. And he's like, you two just go downstairs. And so they leave. And Benny's like, love you, dad. And they leave, the the two older kids. And the dad goes to blow out the brains of the mom. And he leans down to kiss her. And there's this, like, pinkish, purplish mucus. It's, it's the color. It's disgusting. And he kisses her a couple times. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go downstairs. And we're going to plan that vacation and blah, blah, blah. And he leaves without shooting him, which is like. Yeah. Like, you kind of understand, but still, it's like, you know, that's something you definitely should have done. But also very traumatizing to do. I mean... He's already traumatized already, but still, it's like, that's very traumatizing. But if you're traumatized, like, just jump all in, man. Just fucking go for it. Like, if you've got to pick... You're already traumatized, so you're like, be extremely traumatized and save the rest of my family. Or... Ignore the problem and go back downstairs, and then my whole family dies. You, you have. Yeah, this this whole situation. Logically, you pick the extremely Tom. You, you pick option A. Yeah, but like his brain has been broken at this point. That's true. His brain is yeah. so dead. But also, I think this this weird um, mucus, this weird growth in the water, whatever this it is, is bacteria. Entity. It infiltrates the mind. Yeah. So, obviously, when he kisses her and there's that mucus between them, you understand, like, oh, it's, it's taking over it's him. It's screwing with his head. So, he goes downstairs and he makes two drinks, one for him and one for Teresa, his wife. And he puts the one for Teresa on, like, next to the couch where no one's sitting. And he's like, I put your favorite movie on. I know this one by heart. And he sits down and he's like, scratching and scratching at his arms and he's got like, like this nasty rash oh along his arms it's not even a rash his it's, raw is like or his raw his, his skin uh, is raw his skin is raw but it's like mummified practically like it's purple and it's it's just scarred and bruised and it's disgusting it's kind of want to die and so he's like sitting there drinking his whiskey watching the tv and it gets all garbly and charles is like maybe the thing like talks to them through the static and blah 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 and maybe that's true i know it definitely takes over their minds via the water yeah and then like outside like first of all outside is completely changed it's like this nightmarish landscape it's like somebody took purple and pink (laughs) purple and pink 
It's like somebody took the Lorax and made it into this demented, hellish landscape. Like if the Lorax were actually a, a vengeful <laughs> demon, that's this what is it. that's what the landscape <laughs> looks like. Like the Lorax just took a bunch of acid and like took some lessons from Rambo and was like, "Yeah, fuck him up," like this, and gave the plants is, all the powers. Like that's what this looks this, like. This is what he's seeing. So, Benny and Lavinia go out because Lavinia is like, "We need to get the we need a GTFO man tonight," and so she their plan is we're gonna ride Comet the horse the fuck out of here. So she's got Comet, and she's like, go get Comet's tack. And Benny has to walk through the dark barn by yeah. himself to get the tack. And by the time, and I'm like, you should just go bareback. Like, just, yeah, just go. Just run. Just go. I know it's not comfortable. You're going to be sore, but, like, you're, you're going to save your own ass. Yeah. Just go. You're going to save course, your own ass in the end without, like, you know, it's rough, but, you know, your ass is saved. Yeah. But, of course, no, she wants to get the tack first. So Benny goes in to get the tack, and when he comes out, Comet gets spooked and just rips his lead out of Lavinia's hands and goes bolting off because he's like, fuck it, guys, we gotta get out of here. And they're like, oh. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. And (laughs) Benny's like, what are we gonna do? And she's like, we're gonna have to walk out of here. And he's like, we're gonna walk out of here in 12 miles of darkness. And she's like, we gotta do what we gotta do. And then all of a sudden you hear this whimpering and whining and he's like, it's Sam. And you're like, oh God, no. And it's coming from the well. So Benny's like, I, Benny and Sam are BBFs. Yeah. Or he BFFs. Is, sorry. B- Best BBF. friends forever. He's like, I gotta help him. I can't just leave him down there. It's going to take two minutes. He's like, I'm going to put him in the bucket and you can wheel him up. Which the size that Benny is, or that... That like Sam bu- is. I that don't bucket think that, isn't going to cut it. Yeah, that, I don't think that's going to work. Like, yeah. you'd have to crush his spine and pull him in half to put him in that bucket. Yeah, you ain't getting that BBF best boy forever out there. Best boy forever. Yeah, you're not doing that with the bucket. But he, he's determined to go down. And it's so fucking obvious. And it's so fucking spooky. Because he shines the light down there. And there's this big purple-pink mass at the bottom of the well. And it starts shining. And it starts shining. And then one thing shifts out of it. And you're like, oh my god, it's just like a mass of death. And he, he goes to climb down in it. And of course he doesn't make it. And Lavinia's like, oh god. And Lavinia gets grabbed by her dad. And her dad's like, off the charts, insane. Yeah, he has completely lost it at this point. Falls to the walls, completely bananas. He's like, you gotta go in, we're family, blah, 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 family stick together, whatever happened to the good old-fashioned idea of teamwork. And you're like, oh my god, he's insane. And he's like, you're gonna feed your mother, and shoves Lavinia in there with she, the mom-brother amalgamation. And she locks, he locks, in, locks them in there, and honestly, this amalgamation is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. It's so The second up. it came out there, I was like, holy shit. Charles' expression <laughs> was so good. I was losing it. I was like, this is what this is why I wanted him to watch this one. I'm so glad he picked this one. Because I've seen it a million times. I know what it looks like. But I, I love watching other people's reactions to shit. And Charles' reaction was <laughs> just beautiful. I was like, damn, that's why I watch horror. It's watch that shit happen because charles is like oh my god 
one of those literally, literally, this thing is just nightmarish. I might have nightmares tonight from seeing this thing. It's kind of like, like if I wanted to put it into words, it's kind of like a centipede that's made out of lava rock, but with the head of the mother and then like the head a of the kid reaching painful cry just disgusting and, and then it's got like jaw arms and comes legs. unhinged <sighs> yeah it's kind of like a millipede or a centipede where it's just like creepy crawling and you're like please die immediately <laughs> literally body horror nightmare yeah and the daughter's locked in there with it and the dad just is like completely lost it scratching at his arms gets sits back down with his whiskey and in the meantime, Ward is talking to the sheriff of the town, who I love. I love the sheriff of the town. Ward and the sheriff are both the man. They're badasses. And I wish the sheriff were a bigger character in this movie, just because he is such a badass. And I, from the, like, four seconds he's in the movie, I love him. He's, I think he's great. He's already like, yeah, we need to do something. Like, the sheriff calls on Ward because they're outside of City Hall, and some town constituent found this amalgamation of animals that's these radiation burns and that's when Ward's like oh it looks like radiation burns and you see G-Spot in there with all yeah. these deer and whatever the fuck just burned together just this poor wife <laughs> this, this, just this poor wildlife just living its life out in the woods both like predators and prey like all the like all that good stuff like they're all just like fucked just, up just burned into, like, this horrible amalgamation. Fucked up. So, Sheriff's like, what do you suppose this You know, kind of a shit. And Ward's like, it looks like radiation burns. Which, poor poor Ward, he's a hydrologist. Like, yeah, he doesn't just, cover all sciences, guys. He's just like, I, I just study water, guys. <laughs> study why water. are you asking me? Why are you asking me about, like, plant life and stuff? <laughs> poor dude. So then, the Sheriff takes Ward with him to the Gardner residence. And as they're going, they see the horse run out of there, and Ward's like, isn't that Lavinia's horse? And the sheriff turns on his lights and goes faster. And you can see, like, you can see where they, like, cross this threshold, because, like, yeah. as they're driving, you see the color just hit their car. Oh, man. And this is when you're like, oh, we're going apeshit. Absolutely apeshit. Like, you know, we're in complete final act. Act three. Even though it's already been balls to the walls, it's somehow we're going to go even more balls to the walls. Insane. Balls inside the walls. I don't even know. Balls to the roof. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it, it's going to, it's, it's going to. everywhere. Everything's going to blow. So, which might be an inappropriate metaphor yeah. at this point. I don't know. But <laughs> Don't take that out of context. <laughs> <laughs> everything's going to blow. So, they get there. And the dad is, of course, completely insane, scratching at his arms and stuff. And the like, sheriff and Ward are like, where's your wife? And he's like, she's right there. And, of course, he points towards the couch, and there's nobody on the couch. And he's like, we're all here. And he's like, what's that? Oh, except Benny. He's a, he lives My in the My wife well says now. Benny lives in the well now. And you're like, oh, oh. God, kill me. <laughs> so poor Ward, the sheriff, he's screaming upstairs. And they rush up there to save Lavinia. They kick the door down, and of course there's the mom monster, like, jaw unhinged like a fucking snake. She looks like a goddamn centipede beetle, and she is just coming for them, and all of a sudden her head gets blown off. And then you see a shotgun go up to the son's head, Jack, and blow his head off. And you think, oh, good, the sheriff, because the sheriff had grabbed a shotgun, and Ward had looked at him like, 
what is your problem? And the sheriff just simply shrugged and went, you never know. And so you think it's the sheriff, but actually it's the dad come to save the day. He's actually trying to, he's trying. And he's just he's, completely lost it, of course, but he's like crying he, and he's like, they're not really my family. And you're like, oh God, kill me now. <laughs> and so Ward grabs Lavinia and he's like, it's going to be okay. And they go downstairs and they go to leave. Yeah. And uh, so they're like, well, where's Ezra? And of you forgot the part. Oh yes. Okay. So they're actually outside, and uh, and Ward is trying to convince Linia, Lavinia is like, you know, we got to get out of here. And then, of course, the huge monster starts coming out of the well, and the dad goes to shoot it. And then, of course, the sheriff is inside, and he just sees the dad holding up the gun. He doesn't see the thing outside. And he shoots the dad, even though the dad was trying to def like defend innocent people. And of course, as soon as that happens, the monster just shrinks back down into the well. And uh, the daughter is just like, you shot my dad. He was trying to help. And uh, he's just like, oh, I don't know. And uh, Ward uh, then mentions Ezra. And then, of course, they're like, well, we have to go find him and see if he's okay. And Lavinia's like, I don't think he's okay. This thing doesn't want us to leave. We're not going to be able to leave. And Ward's like, we're going to get you out of here. And she's like, I live here. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit, dude. And she starts crying over her dad's dead corpse. And so Ward and the sheriff go run off to Ezra's place. And this is one of... Ugh. <sighs> uh. It's one of the best scenes in horror movie franchise history. Like, horror movie history. Yeah, this, I thing, this is pretty great. I just, I love Ezra's monologue. Because it comes over through his tape. And it gets played back to you as Ward and the sheriff are looking for Ezra. And you find Ezra mummified, but his voice is still coming out of this recording. And it's just like... It's so growly and gnarly, and he's just like, it was just a color. Yeah, and as as this monologue is playing, Ward kind of looks over at, like, the security camera footage, and it starts going wonky, and you kind of get the sense that as it's getting wonky, you feel like something is closing in on them. And so he's like, I think we got to get out of here. And then, of course, like, something, like, uh, Ezra's body starts glowing. Oh my gosh. And it bursts out of his forehead. Oh. The light does. The color. And it comes for the sheriff and ward. And the sheriff and ward just book it out of there. And I swear on me, mum, the phrase, it was just color, lives in my head. Yeah. It lives in my head. It's so good. Like, Ezra's the perfect actor for this role. Because he's just, he's just talking about it. He's like... It came on the rock, and it lives in the well. Yeah. And he's like, it tries to make things as it was, as it knows things to be, but this isn't its world. He's like, it was just a color. And you're like, oh my god, I don't understand anything! And so they <laughs> run away. As they're running away, Charles goes, oh, there goes the sheriff. Because yeah, he just goes... Because, <laughs> like, something just swoops down and just scoops him up, and you hear the shotgun blast. 
And then the and shotgun Lord falls. And turns around and he's like, what the fuck was that? And can't find the sheriff. And literally the sheriff, I'm like, like, honest to God, the sheriff just goes, Literally, literally, he's just like, Yoop. and so Ward's holding his flashlight like it's a fucking gun, like he's ready to shoot people with the light, and he shines the light up into the tree, and the branches are like coming around the sheriff and stab through his skull. So then, of course, Ward's like, "Fuck that man!" and he grabs a shotgun with the flashlight on it and starts running, and he runs back to the house. He sees Lavinia in front of the well. And, like, her back is towards him. So he runs up and he's like, Lavinia, we gotta get out of here. And so he turns, like, he grabs Lavinia's shoulder and she turns around. And you clearly can tell, like, she's, like, whatever the frick this entity does to people, like, it's got a hold of her. And it's so cool because this is when you see, like, a glimpse into what it is and where it's from and what it does. And, and what it wants, because Ezra's monologue really helps a lot, because he says it's trying to trying to assimilate, but it's also trying at the same time to make things as it knows things to be. So then you get to see where this thing comes from, what others like it are, and it's really just a vomiting of colors. It's it's, it's disgusting. A to be co- honest, a I don't... A cacophony of alien colors that are just spewing I, around like fucking worms. I don't... Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty hard to describe what exactly it is we saw. Yeah. But, like, that would be kind of the gist of it. And, and it is... It's so fucking cool. But then it explodes out of Lavinia's head. So, obviously, Ward's like, well, shit, I gotta get to safety. He runs into the house... And the dad comes for him, which is insane, because you know the dad's dead. But then all the family appears on the couch, and you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. You're like, how is the word going to get out of this? I mean, is that right? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, holy shit. So then Ward and the dad kind of tussle a little bit. Ward throws himself into the cellar, and the dad is just banging away on the cellar door, just like slamming and slamming and slamming. And you're like, oh, God. And the color is getting brighter and brighter. And you're like, it's getting more powerful. And, you're like, and then there's like this high-pitched noise that's just like getting inside like Ward's head. And your oh, head. <laughs> everyone's head. And like all the bourbon downstairs just blows up, which, by the way, that's a huge collection of bourbon that is just completely wasted. I think it's also wine, too, which is sad. But it explodes, and then everything explodes into white ash. And then we see uh, the dad's hand with his ring on his finger, his marriage marriage ring. And, of course, at this point, my stupid self was like, the one ring to rule them all. (laughs) That's right. I was like, we were in Mordor the whole time. And then Ward pops out of Mordor. (laughs) And I was like, the color was from Middle Earth. No wonder it was so powerful. But he pops out of Middle Earth, and he's, like, covered in ash, and everything's covered in ash. And he talks about how the dam was built, and the water reservoir just covered that land. And he's like, not many of us remember the strange times, but I still refuse to drink the water. And he says something about it was just a color. And then that's when the credits roll. And it is such a... Personally, the first time I saw it, I was like, what a haunting ending. That was a haunting ending. And you saw the creepy, freaky mantis flying around, too. Yeah. 
And it, it is just a good haunting ending, a good haunting movie. I'm I'm thoroughly disturbed. It, it's disturbing. I I like horror movies for the fact of what would I do in this situation? How would I get out of this? And this is one of those movies where you truly just don't know what what the right move is at the right time. Yeah, it's other it's, than GTFO. Yeah. Like your survival instincts, your you know you just got to get out. Yeah. There's no fighting this thing. It's not a fight or flight system. It's just a flight system. Just get the fuck out. It is... I think it's a great movie. It is. It is absolutely a phenomenal movie. Visually, the score is awesome. And it is... The body horror is disturbing. Yeah. And it is just... I would say for all the body horror stuff, the CGI and the visual effects. The makeup is amazing. The makeup the, is amazing. The CGI and the visual effects are generally good when it comes to those big moments. Yeah. When it comes to moments like the sheriff getting skewered by trees, I'm like, the CGI is lacking. Yeah. But that's kind of a background moment. The big moments are... The mom and the... <laughs> the mom and the brother. The amalgamation... And then the alpacas, which is fucking insane. Yeah. And then also Ezra. Oh, yeah. And like I said, Ezra's monologue just lives in my head. It's it's haunting. It's so good. I highly recommend this movie. Watch this movie ASAP. Yeah. Because this movie is balls to the walls. Insane. If you're looking for some good horror, especially if you... I'm one of those people that I like to watch it by myself first. Because then I know what to expect, and then I make someone else watch it so I can watch their reaction to the really fucked up parts, because I enjoy <laughs> that. So if you're that type of person, this movie's for you. And it, like I said, it's you can get it hard copy, you can get it on Shudder, it's a Shudder original, and it is just phenomenal. As someone who likes to play video games, I do like hard copies better than like digital like streaming, because... It's like, you know, if you don't have internet, it's just great to have that hard copy to play whenever you want. Well, and especially with what's happening which with HBO and all that shit, like, it's just good to have hard copies. Yeah. So, I highly recommend this one. 100% watch it. Watch it at very least. Buy it. It's amazing. Uh, definitely recommend. Um, Charles, do you want to plug your channel again? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Charlie Brown 642 I post uh, content on Rumbles. I'm Rumbles? Rumble. Rumble. Multiple Rumbles. Rumble. Uh, Get it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Multiple it's, Rumbles. It's similar to YouTube. Similar to Grumbles. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar to YouTube, and I do, like, video game playthroughs. And Hannah was very kind enough to appear in a few videos of us playing Mario Party. We have a blast, and it's insane and chaotic. Yeah, Much like this movie. If you want to hear more of me and Charles being goofy, go check out his channel and watch us, <laughs> or listen to us play Mario Party, because it is fucking insane. It's the original Mario Party, the very first the for the N64. Yeah. And of course, I have other playthroughs by myself, like Final Fantasy VII, if you're into that. And Pokemon Arceus. Yeah. That's actually my first playthrough. Charles is actually a Pokemon expert. Oh, yeah. We had people calling our house. <laughs> this is this is how old we are. We had a landline for a long time, so we had people calling our landline to talk to Charles about which routes on the Game Boy to go and find Pokemon at. <laughs> 
That's how I fucking was, old we are. <laughs> I was a hundred percent like that kid that was just like, okay, you need to do this, and this is where it's at. He's a Pokemon encyclopedia still to this day. If anyway, you ain't gonna do this, then you ain't gonna be the where it's at. <laughs> Charles said, "If you ain't gonna do this, you ain't gonna be a Pokemon master." <laughs> anyway, check out his his Rumble channel, his Gab, and all that good stuff. Yeah, same name, and I've also got a Gilded. He's got a Gilded. And then I've got this, Beware of the Moon podcast. Check out my Instagram, my Twitter, my channel here. Um, listen to me on Spotify and on RSS. Um, and until next next time, next to time, until next time, this has been Beware of the Moon podcast. Hannah and Charlie out. <laughs> <laughs>